We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Radio Network. You can go to my website, totaltutor.net, for more information. Twitter, Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, and Pinterest, Neil Haley. And when I talk about interviewing a super stealer, the memories I had of this guy, especially with the super stealers, anyone that was on the 1978 and 79 team, all are my favorite players of all time. And when I connected with him on LinkedIn, I said, I got to have him on the show. So I want to welcome the program, uh, Craig Colquitt from the Super Pittsburgh Steelers, 1978 and 79 Super Bowl champ. Craig, how are you? I'm doing great, Neil, and I appreciate this opportunity. Well, I'm excited to talk to you specifically enough because that team, Craig, think about it. I mean, for Pittsburgh fans, they never forget any of those players for sure. Yeah, it's 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 really amazing. I, I Like you said, I have the two rings from 13 and 14, and wherever I go, I, you know, I'll, especially presentations, sales presentations or whatever, or speaking engagement, or airport restaurants, people see the rings. It just opens the floodgate of, of conversation. It's a lot of fun. It definitely opens up that floodgate anytime you're an NFL player, but especially when you have those rings and if they're Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they remember those glory days because that was that was the time when really things were going well for Pittsburgh and, I mean, back-to-back championships and just uh, amazing teams and amazing stories on that team. Oh, yeah. Well, I, what I'm finding statistically, 95% of the sports fans out there love the Steelers, and the other 5% hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun. Whether they hate it or not, it ends up being a good, good conversation. And, and also, Craig, uh, uh, when we, we think about specifically enough uh, the career and everything, it, it's, it's interesting to know, again, people might not remember that, that your background's Tennessee. And so now you're back in Tennessee and stuff. So you specifically you're back into, I guess, uh, Titan country and different things like that. Uh, how do they kind of uh, look at you, especially if they're Tennessee Titan fans about a former Steeler? Well, they at first they look at me out of the corner of their eye because they they, they have blue blood down here and the Titan blood. So and then they kind of accept me because every time Pittsburghs come in here and played at the Titan Stadium, you know, somebody's writing a book. I can't remember the former player's name. It's uh, always a home field advantage or something like that and and 50 percent of the crowd here at the top stadium is black and gold so it's uh they hate it It, it's a it's a great atmosphere though they can't stand when how how many steeler fans come out of the woodwork that now live in in nashville that and then you know they think they have the biggest advantage the the titans you know everyone's titan fan and then bam pittsburgh fans come out of the woodwork and you're like well what's happening even when the titans are really good there were tons of Steeler fans in that in that in that in that stadium, weren't there? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it, I went to a game a couple of years ago, and the tailgate was just—I couldn't believe it. The lady that put on the tailgate where I went, she operates the YMCA here. I mean, the Boys and Girls Club, and there were Steeler flags everywhere. It was—I ended up being a celebrity at the uh, tailgate, so it was a—it was a lot of fun, but. The, the memories are great. I was going to be dra- – Dallas Cowboys told me the day before the draft that they were going to take me in the fifth round, and Pittsburgh took me in the third. And I was a little bit disappointed because everybody wanted to be a Cowboy, exactly, I thought. Yeah. 
And then Joe Gordon, the PR director, calls me and he says, the first thing he says, what do you think about playing with people like Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, Mike Webster? And he goes through these names, and I hadn't even thought of it that way. And I got a little bit emotional. I said, good grief, I may have a ring out of this. <laughs> so, Craig, one of the things we do a lot is we talk to NFL athletes about life after football. So when you decided to retire, did you have a career choice in mind, or were you pretty much going through your career uh, choice while playing still? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting conversation because I am putting together a book. I've been talking about it for years, but now that I'm in – the business of cleaning schools, and it's taken a long time. Number one, I never finished college, and I walked on at the University of Tennessee when I was 20 years old, two years out of school. And by the time my career was over, I had a kid and couldn't go back to school. But it was very, very difficult because I didn't have a degree. And nobody nobody talked to me, even though I had that background. Now, you know, I'm almost a god. You know, uh, so they're interested in me. But I've been with the same company since 97, but from uh, 1985 until really 1995, I struggled. Uh, I had jobs, but it was real estate. It was just stuff that, you know, just about anybody could do. But the education part really held me back. And that you are a number, Craig, of how many NFL athletes after their career is over, regardless of the money they're making now to then when you guys weren't making that much money, that they just can't transition. And I've talked to so many of them, and they talk about, you know, think about the head injuries and things like that. You didn't have to deal with that as much being a punter. But uh, it's just it's, it's amazing to hear these stories and think, why doesn't the NFL do a better job of life after? And uh, athletes in general can't figure that out. So you had to struggle a lot, it sounds like, Craig, and I think that's going to be a great part of the book for sure is, you know, you're a super stealer. you got those two Super Bowl rings. Not many people can walk around saying, look at my two Super Bowl rings. But then when your career was over, you pretty much said, what do I do next? And how can I yeah. do it? And, and, I, and I just can't find something I'm passionate about, it sounds like. Oh yeah, it is. It was a real struggle, and and probably the biggest mistake I made was going back to Knoxville. And and Jesus Christ Himself said, "A prophet is not accepted in his own hometown." And uh, I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but you you know we are treated different than former athletes. Yes. But I wasn't. I was just Craig Colquitt. You know, I was from Knoxville, and University of Tennessee was everything. But whenever I went back to Pittsburgh, it was like, wow, here's Craig. He's got two rings. So I wish I'd stayed in Pittsburgh and taken advantage of probably one of the greatest towns in America to live in, if not the greatest. So, uh, I mean, I loved the Nashville area, but uh, Pittsburgh had a lot, a lot of opportunities I probably lost out on. Well, absolutely. So, Craig, we talk about the struggles, but then also, I guess, you are, I guess, another one of those amazing athletes that has produced NFL kids. And that's, that again, you and uh, and it's kind of funny, the Tennessee connection. You know, you have your your sons that play in the NFL, just like uh, the Mannings. And it's a kind of a, a strange parallel in a way with punting versus quarterback. And uh, so that must be an amazing thought process when you're going 
going through all these difficulties, your kids took up what you enjoy and uh, and excelled in it as well. And and so that must have made you proud during those hard times. Oh, no question about it, because I I was very careful not to live through them, but with them. And, and, and you know, every parent has to learn that, especially if they're, you know, they, they can perform at a high level. And the boys were incredibly good at soccer. I mean, from age five until uh, high school, you know, they were being recruited in, in soccer, but there was nobody going to pay for it. Brown University wanted Dustin, that's at the Chiefs, but I had to pay for the first year, and that was $38,000 just for the oh my, uh, yeah. academic side. And I, I said, I said, Dustin, put on your soccer, your football cleats. Let's try something else. <laughs> so, so interesting. So he wasn't even looking at playing football then, it sounds like, Dustin. That's oh, Dustin, it's, he's an amazing story, really. He's left-footed, right-handed, runs a 4-4. 40 at the time, and he's 6'3", 178-pound left striker. I mean, he could run over people. He was really, really good, but there was no future. So we tried this, the football thing, and right off the bat, I noticed he's holding the football with his right hand and passing it over to his left foot to kick it. And I said, Dust, this is not going to work. You're going to have to, you're going to have to use your left hand. And he says, Dad, I can't even pick my nose with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> so he really, his brother Britton came up with, why don't you learn to juggle? And he did, and he paid the price, and it's worked out really well for him. So for both of them. So it's, um, I told them originally, I said, if this happens, you can go to any college in the country you want to as long as it's Tennessee. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> so that's amazing. So both of them, did they both go to Tennessee, Craig? They, they both did, and Dustin had to walk on and then got a scholarship, and uh, Britain was scholarship right off of that at Tennessee. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! So and then oh I, yeah, I couldn't have, I couldn't pay for college. I don't know what else. I was just going to have to take loans and everything. So it, it worked out real good. So Craig, it seems like once the boys started to continue in their careers, your success off the field became better and better. Where you found your your niche and your job. You said you went through those struggles. Then they kept playing. And do you think them playing at a higher level and competing gave you that competitive edge to want to be successful? in life after football as well at one point finally kind of not maturing but really looking at I found a career for myself no question about it and and what happened was my past was reignited it became a good conversation plus talking about the boys so people were starting to listen to me you know in the public education world which before you know they uh, it wasn't quite as melodramatic as it is as it became. So my career did take off, and I did start to focus. But I was also able to be with them two or three times a week during practice for basically nine years. That's, that's so, yeah. oh, it was, it, was, it was great. So you found that job, and you found that opportunity. Now you want to write a book, and you, your story definitely is amazing, and I don't think uh, one segment of 14 minutes is not going to be enough for sure, Craig, and, but I guess that seeing your boys' success in, on the field and uh, now kind of tell us the job because you were going to tell me specifically what you're currently doing and how you're going out with different schools uh, across the country and tell us about it. 
Yeah, we're, the name of our company is GCH Services, and we're based in uh, our education division in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then the whole division is uh, based in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're actually owned now by Blackstone out of New York. So we've got tremendous financials. Uh, we're right. We, we're about to hit the billion-dollar mark in our business from uh, 11 companies being put together from since 1997. So fortunately, you know, I became a stockholder way back then, and we sold a couple of times. But what what's transpired is we are we we become allies with K through 12 and higher education, taking care of their facilities, removing that element from the educators so they can focus on what they do, which is education. That's that's great because I mean I think it still you need you guys to go after the Catholic schools when you talk about the Catholic schools and when I was a school teacher Craig and how I had to clean my own room and that we did have maintenance but it wasn't really taking care of things in the way that makes it so we could focus on our, our our jobs so I think it's a fantastic thing and a lot of schools are doing it but what's the difference with your your company compared to others that you know hire sometimes just a public person right down the road to to, to take care of the school. Well, it's it's there's really the, there's a there's really no transition. We like to use the word seamless because we're hiring their employees if they back, pass background checks. So it, there's there's no change. They get the same service, uh, actually, usually much better service. But it takes the weight away from the teacher, away from the principal, away from the superintendent, so they can focus on education and not be concerned whether a custodian is going to be out or, uh, you know, just the day-to-day life that people go through because we're dealing with people, you know. So we, we, we deal with that element, and we bring in a buying power being as large as we are that we can save districts anywhere from 10 to 25% and provide the same service. That's, so, that, that's important for sure. That's, yeah, we've got metro national schools uh, in Nashville. They have 144 buildings, and we we're saving them over six million dollars a year. So it's and we've been in there four years. So that's 24 million dollars is real money. Exactly, Craig. All right, Craig, where, do you have a place where we can find information on the company, but also any information on you as well? Um, I don't have a website that's coming. You know, when I when I'm ready to put that thing out there because I also have paintings. I'm an artist. Uh, I like to call myself an artist. So uh, I'm going to put that together. That's coming, but uh, I'll I'll let you know if that transpires. I'm actually looking for an editor now, but uh, the company is gcaservices.com. All right. Well, fantastic, Craig. Good talking to you. Uh, we'll stay in touch via LinkedIn and uh, update me. And when you when that book's out, if you need help in social media, I'm the man you need to call to help uh, get that book out there through the World Wide Web. So good talking to you. You are the man. And are you related to Todd and Dick Haley? No, I wish I was. And, I, and I'd be going to all the Steeler games. No, I'm not. So the different hands. Well, Todd, Todd Haley was my ball boy at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and his dad was the scout that drafted me. Huh, so, uh, that's an interesting story for sure. We can uh, – yeah, yeah, cool. He, he was Dustin's coach at Kansas City Chiefs, so it was interesting when we got together. Uh, I appreciate you very much. All right, take care, Craig. Thanks. Okay, take bye-bye. Care. All right, you're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> 